You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome into Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Central Florida. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to today's episode of the podcast. So glad to have you. This is episode 222, and I'm going to be talking about stay-at-home moms. Uh, No doubt I've been asked about this many times over the course of my career and life. I've had this conversation with lots of different people. parents of students in my youth ministry, uh, as well as young adults uh, in different churches that I've been a part of. Um, This particular episode was inspired by a regular listener. I got an email from a young lady asking whether or not um, Christian moms ought to stay at home, if at all possible, um, or if it's wrong for women to want to work outside of the home. And I thought this is a great topic to tackle here on the podcast. Uh, There is no doubt that this topic in the minds of some people can be considered extremely controversial or offensive or sensitive. Um, And you've got on the flip side, people who would think this isn't controversial at all. Um, I recognize that uh, those of you who are listening to this right now are going to have a a wide, are coming from a wide range of perspectives. So I'm going to seek to be, uh, to be sensitive to that. Um, I've talked to some women that say, man, since I was a kid, all I could remember wanting um, is wanting to be a mom. Lots of women who just say, hey, that's all I want to do. I want to be a mom. And then I've got some women that I've spoken to that have said, I just can never see myself being a stay-at-home mom and, and, and maybe even see themselves as, as, as having a lot of value to offer in the marketplace or in a career. And they feel like they would be, they would be better serving themselves and, and family and society if they're working outside of the home. Um, we live in a society in Western culture today where being a stay-at-home mom, and I think, has been devalued significantly. It used to be uh, something that was much more prominent and, and is now, I think, has been devalued. I think uh, we live in a culture that has embraced elements of feminism and almost looks down on stay-at-home moms to some extent. Um, I've even heard some women say, well, I'm, I've, I went to college, I have an education, it would be a waste to be a stay-at-home mom, I should be using my education in the workforce and you know, in the marketplace. Um, so I've, I've heard those sorts of things, I've had those sorts of conversations. Um, and I, I think there are, there are some elements of biblical truth that have been lost that I think are important and ought to be examined. Um, moments like this is where our theology really matters. I mean, I've been asked lots of times, why does it matter what we believe or what's our theology? or Why does it matter that we really critique and consider our philosophies and ideologies? People ask those sorts of questions. Why does it really matter? Why does theology really matter? And there's a lot of reasons why theology really matters. Um, Moments like this is one of the primary reasons because there are moments like this where conversations come up where we have certain dialogues about things where a practical and tangible decision needs to be made. So when a family is determining, is mom going to stay home with the kids or not, that that conversation um, shouldn't just be practical, it's theological in nature. And, and what I have discovered is that many families, they don't approach it as a theological question. And therefore, I think they potentially miss out on some things that I think God would want to want them to, to consider. I think there are some thought processes that God would want them to be thinking about that maybe, they, maybe they're not thinking about because they're not approaching this from a theological perspective. Um, so I'm going to give you my opinion 
And then I'm going to point you to some scriptures that I think will be helpful to you as you wrestle through what is best for you and your family. Uh, Before I do that, I want to point you to two previous episodes I did that I think would be valuable. Uh, Just two episodes ago, in episode 220, I had the chance to interview Courtney Reisig. She is an author. She has a new book out called Glory in the Ordinary. Uh, Fantastic book. Highly encourage you uh, to listen to that episode and and consider picking up a, a copy of Courtney's book where she talks extensively about... Uh, how we can glorify God even in ordinary moments. You know, we're doing lots of mundane tasks day in and day out, particularly if you're a stay-at-home mom. There are lots of ordinary things you do day in and day out, but God can use those profoundly. Um, Really, really great stuff. Listen to that interview. Get a copy of her book. Uh, The other interview I did was with Catherine McNeil, also an author, uh, in episode 211, and she talked extensively about uh, motherhood as a spiritual discipline. So I would encourage you to check that out. Great, great content. Episode 211 with Catherine McNeil. Um, and in both of those interviews, what I really walked away with was the profound um, the profound opportunity parents have to invest in kids, both male and female, um, no doubt. And it's something we ought to take very, very seriously. Um, many of us don't realize how impacted we are by our parents. Um, There'll be things you'll be doing when you're 50, 60, 70 years old, and and you'll be doing those things because something that you watched or observed your mom or dad do when you were two or three years old. Like the the early years of our life are so formidable, Um, particularly those first four, five, six years of our life. Um, And so it's really important that we take the idea of parenting and raising children very seriously. Um, when it comes to answering the question, should women stay at home or not, I, I want to make very clear, I do not believe there's a one there's a one size fits all answer. I, I don't. Um, I, I, there's no absolute, there's no right or wrong, there's no black and white. I think it's going to be different from family to family. And there's a lot of different situations that arise, lots of different circumstances that will demand certain expectations from people. Um and so I, I think there's a variety of things that happen in the course of our lives that may end up causing us to make a decision that maybe we would have otherwise done differently. Um, a few examples. You know, they, they, a lot of families find themselves in economic situations where both parents have to work. It's just, hey, if they don't both work and they're not both making money, the family's not going to survive. Like That's, that's a reality for lots of families um, in Western culture. Um, we also have single-parent situations where the single parent has to be the, 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 the provider for the family. Um, we have joint custody scenarios and blended families and divorce and remarriage and all sorts of different types of family structures that might cause you to do something differently than what you would other otherwise had done. Maybe you would have stayed home, but because of the scenario, you have to go to work. Or or maybe you would have worked, but because of the scenario, it's best for, for you to stay home. Like Again, it's there's no one size fits all. Um, I know I've talked to families that say, hey, I would have loved, and I've talked to husbands that have said, um, I, I would have loved my wife to work outside the home, but childcare is so expensive. Uh, daycares are so expensive that it was just easier for her to stay home. And so now my wife stays home with the kids. Um, I've heard that from multiple families, actually. And it is true. Childcare is extremely expensive. Um, then you've got other scenarios where you have maybe you have a trusted babysitter that you can get low cost or or, or free. You know, for example, um, me, uh, myself, and several of my cousins, we... We spent a lot of time with our grandmother. All of our parents worked, and when we were young, we would get dropped off in the morning at our grandma's house, and we would hang out there um, all day. And our grandmother um, would would spend time with us. So before I went into school, you know, 
uh, kindergarten, first grade. Um, I spent the bulk of my days with my grandmother and some of my cousins that my grandmother would would babysit throughout the course of the days. Um, you know, that was a, a big part of our family. And in fact, that's still the case. Um, most of my family still lives in Pennsylvania. And a lot of my cousins, they take their kids to my grandmother's house and my grandmother, uh, you know, she, she takes care of them and she does it for free. Even though some of my cousins have tried to pay her, um, we still, you know, she does it for free. And, and so I, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and she, 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 you know, eight, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, um, it, you know, with my grandmother. And I learned a lot from her as, as a young child. So you may be in a scenario where you have uh, trusted family or trusted people that you, you, you could bring into the story. Um, and I know some people that say, hey, I don't want my kids raised by anyone other than me. You know, as I said earlier, just those formidable years. You know, if you're absent from your kid's life for 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, you're missing out on opportunities to invest in them, uh, you know, over, you know, again, particularly during the early years of their life. And there's lots of parents who just say, I just can't take the risk of having anyone else do that. I just take it seriously. And I, I appreciate that thought process. And I think that's that's a valuable thought process to, to consider. Um, I think there are some women that say, listen, I've got a great career that I want to maintain. And if I stay away from that for a while, it could be a detriment to my career. And and there are some things I think I can offer society in the marketplace. And therefore, I, I want to work outside the home. And I think there are lots of moments where that is a valid thought process. Um, I do think there are moments where, where I've, not all, but some of the time I've had some correspondence with, with women in ministry. And, and I've just, I've thought, I've, I've challenged them a little bit and said, hey, but have you considered what you're giving up for your career and and maybe it's worth it maybe maybe your career is such that it really is worth you know diverting some of the time with your children and i don't mean that like passive aggressively i'm not like i'm not dogging on you if that's you i'm I'm not please hear me um there may be legitimate reason to do that i just want to make sure you're considering you know that you're considering what you are sacrificing and just make sure that what you're getting in return for that sacrifice really is worth it um, I also know some family units where they've got unique jobs or schedules that make it easier. You know, I know I've got a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur and his wife is a nurse. His wife only works uh, three days a week. She works 12-hour shifts, long shifts, um, as a nurse at a hospital, uh, but she's off four days a week. So she's able to be home with the kid, you know, chunks of time. And because he's because he's self-employed entrepreneur, he he's able to flex his schedule. So there's always one of the parents, you know, with the kid. Um, again, there's all these different variables. So what you decide to do is going to be different than what another family does. It's going to be different from family to family. Um, I will say this, that both men and women are called to be parents. Both men and women should be fully engaged in raising their kids, investing in their children. God is very clear about his charge to men to be the spiritual leaders of their home. You should be shepherding your family, your wife and your children. You should be a pastor for them. I think there's some some very clear biblical precedents that men ought to be providing for their families. Men ought to be pastoring. Men ought to be protecting them. And if you're going to be a good protector, good provider, good pastor, you got to be fully engaged. I know that some people would even say, well, why are you talking about women staying home. You don't even mention the idea. Maybe the woman works and the dad stays at home. And I think maybe there are scenarios where that might make sense. Um, But this again is where our theology becomes practical. Um, I talked extensively back in episode 171 about this idea of complementarianism. I believe that God created men and women to complement one another, not to be precisely the same. We are very different, not just biologically and anatomically, um, but we are different in the in the way we are designed. The male and female psyche, the psychology of men and psychology of women, drastically different, and that is by God's design. 
God has made men a certain way for a specific purpose. And God has made women a specific way for a specific purpose. Now, are there some things in the home you're both going to do? Absolutely. Are there both things in the home you're going to share? Absolutely. Are there things in your home that could be different in a different home, right? Like I'm not saying that gender roles are exactly the same from house to house. No, maybe in one home, the mom does most of the cooking and in a different home, the dad does most of the cooking. Like there's no gender roles per se in that regard. Like th- there, there is gonna be a variance from home to home, from family to family, but there are some very specific elements of gender roles that should not vary from home to home. They should be the same in every home because God is calling upon men to do certain things and God is calling upon women to do certain things. Like, there are certain responsibilities that a man has and there are certain responsibilities that a woman has. There are biblical mandates on both genders. And your your work schedule is not an excuse. I know that sounds harsh. I, I want to make it very clear. Like God loves you and he's given you the grace to do great things. He's given you the opportunity to do great things. And he is expecting you to do certain things. God has charged each gender with certain responsibilities. And your work schedule or your desire to accomplish certain things does not let you off the hook for those expectations that God has set forth. There are certain things that God is expecting from you. And if your job is going to get in the way of that, then I think God would ask you to relinquish that job. That's, 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 the, clear, that's the clearest and most sensitive way that I can say that. Listen, I recognize that to some people, I sound old-fashioned, I sound chauvinistic, I I sound oppressive, whatever. We live in a society where much of what I'm sharing in this episode is rejected as as old-school and antiquated and outdated. Um, But I don't believe that biblical truth is antiquated or outdated. I believe it is best for us to follow the wisdom we see in the Bible. And biblical mandates don't change because our culture has changed. God still expects certain things from men and women, regardless of what culture says. Um, And for women, I do see in the scripture, God calling women to have a more intentional, more specific focus for parenting. Again, it doesn't mean that men are not called to parent and not called to lead and raise children. Not at all. Men are responsible to be engaged. However, as I look through the scriptures, I do indeed see that God puts a a higher premium, so to speak, on women being more focused in their life, that that raising your children should really be your highest priority in life, that taking care of your home, being a great wife and a great mom is this very high responsibility that God calls you. God calls all women too, if if you're married and if you're a mother. Um, and I'll and I'm going to get to some passages of scripture in a moment that that I you know, why I believe that. Um, and so I, I guess I would challenge I would challenge two different groups of people. If you're a woman who always assumed you were going to stay home, like I've talked to some women who just say, "Hey, I've always thought I'm going to be stay home. This is not controversial for me. I'm staying home. All I want to do is stay home." And I've I've talked to some women. Even it's almost like. They're, they feel like they're expected to stay home because maybe maybe their, their mom stayed home. Maybe they're from a particular region of the country where most women stay home with their kids. Or maybe they're a part of a church where that's expected. And I would challenge women in that regard in saying, don't just do it just because you're culturally expected to do it. Like that, that's not appropriate. Do it because you believe that's what's best. 
if you're doing it just because you feel like you're supposed to or that you have to, or think you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and that doesn't honor God. Um, so I would cons- I would have you consider why you're why are you doing it. And on the flip side, if you're a woman that's never considered staying home, if you've ne- it's never even crossed your mind, I would challenge you to really think about the biblical mandate on womanhood, on motherhood, and what does that really look like, and really consider. And I mean this wholeheartedly, like do it like with an open mind. And I feel like I've talked to some women who are like, oh yeah, I thought about it. And I, I get the sense that they didn't really consider it. Like they never really prayerfully considered staying home. And I recognize that if you didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, the idea of complementarianism just seems crazy. The idea that my job might be different than my husband's job. I know that seems insane to some people. Even within Christian, some Christian homes, it seems it seems insane to some. I recognize if, you, if your mom didn't stay home with, with you when you were a kid, that probably seems foreign to you to some extent. Um, but I just want to I just want to challenge you, encourage you to seriously consider, just prayerfully consider, Lord, is it best for me and my family if I were to stay home? Is it best? Is it Am I am I more likely to fulfill the biblical mandates and the callings on me if I am willing to be a stay-at-home mom and to focus on being a great homemaker for my husband and children? Let me get to some of the biblical, you know, perspective here, or why I why I would bring this to the table. Uh, Proverbs fourteen says, "The wisest of women builds her home." I mean, that's a pretty. It's a pretty strong statement that of all the women out there, the ones that are wisest or the ones that make taking care of their home a high priority. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't work. It just means that taking care of your home is your highest priority. Uh, Proverbs 31, you know, the most famous passage of scripture talking about what a godly woman is like. And you read through that list of things. There's a lot in there about taking care of your family and being a great homemaker. There's quite a bit in that passage about that. And to, to not consider that and not make it the higher, highest priority feels like maybe you're ignoring Proverbs 31. And I would challenge you to really read through Proverbs 31 and, and prayerfully consider, what does this look like in my life? How do I fulfill Proverbs 31 in my life? And again, it's going to look different from woman to woman, from family to family. Um, but, but really prayerfully considering that. Um, 1 Timothy 5, the Apostle Paul says this, I want younger women to marry, have children, and manage their households. And that's a that's a pretty clear statement from the Apostle Paul. He is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. like He is speaking on behalf of God, saying, hey, women, be married, manage your households well. Like This is a very pretty profound statement, I think. It's simple, but it, I think it speaks volumes. Um, he, The same guy, the Apostle Paul, is speaking to his protege, Titus. In Titus chapter 2, he says, uh, the older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely, to be pure, and to work well in their homes. Um, again, I, I, it just, these, are, these are simple statements that the Apostle Paul is making, but I think they, I think they, they speak volumes. The Apostle Paul is telling Titus, hey, go challenge the older women in your community and encourage them to train the younger women to focus on making a home, to focus on it, for it to be a high priority for them. Um, And some people say, well, that was a cultural thing. Was it? um, I mean, 
Paul's writing to Timothy in Ephesus, and he's writing to Titus in Crete, and the culture of Ephesus and Crete are drastically different in a lot of ways. And, and in fact, in the culture of Crete, women um, w- women had a, a lot were highly esteemed in that culture, and women had a lot of influence. And even in that culture, Paul is still encouraging the pastor of that city, hey, make sure the older women are taking care of the younger women and training them on how to be good homemakers. Again, I know this sounds really oppressive to some to some people. This sounds chauvinistic and old-fashioned. I just, I, I feel the need to share with you what the scripture is shouting to me. I, the, the scripture shouts to me that both men and women are responsible to be great parents and shepherd their homes well and to be to be a team. But men are called to be the primaries, to be the primary shepherd, protector, pastor, provider, and women are, are are expected to be the primary homemakers. What what that looks like is going to vary from household to household, but though that's the overarching theology and philosophy that I think we ought to embrace as we make the determination on what's best. I'm not saying it's wrong or sinful to work outside of the home. Not at all. I, I think you have the choice and the freedom. Um, I don't think it's wrong to want to work outside the home. I don't think it's wrong to want to have a career. Not at all. Um, there may even be moments where it is best, you know, for your for, for your family for you to work. It may be seasons of your life where it makes sense for you to do that. Um, I just want to make sure we take very seriously the biblical encouragement that we're getting, and, and there seems to me to be a very clear biblical encouragement for women to seriously consider being stay-at-home moms. I think that's that's what I see in the scripture. So as you make this determination, I want to ask you, I want you to consider a few things or to ask yourself a few questions. Ask yourself this, what's going to bring God the most amount of glory? Is it going to glorify God most for me to work or for me to stay home? Um, ask yourself this, what what decision will help me fulfill the biblical mandates upon me? Like is staying at home going to help me be a better mom or is working going to help me be a better mom? Or is there some sort of hybrid in between? Um, and, I, and I think you legitimately could come up with a, a hybrid solution. Um, ask yourself this question. What is best for my children? Like, is it best for me to stay home with them? Or is it best for me to drop them off at grandma's house every day? Or is it best for for, for some other sort of, you know, again, hybrid solution or creative solution that, you know, the husband and, and, and wife come up with? Um, but ask yourself this question. What is best for my kids? And that should be more important to you than is what is best for you in your career. And again, I know that sounds really harsh to some. I, I don't want it to come. I'm not trying to come across harsh. I'm just, I'm just. I, I want you to feel the the incredible urgency and incredible responsibility. We should feel the weight of being parents, and what's best for your children should trump what's best for your career. That that that's what I see in Scripture, and I just feel like. Just overall, as, as we examine statistics and we we observe children, particularly in the younger years, that just seems like to be the thing that that's, that is the wisest thing um, is for is for us to have have the have the, the 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 what's best for our children to be the highest priority. Um, and then you ask yourself the question: What makes the most sense practically? Like, there's going to be moments where it just makes mo- more sense for maybe for mom to work and for dad to stay home. And I know some friends of mine who, uh, some guys that are in seminary, and 
they've got maybe a young kid, so dad stays, goes to class, and then he stays with the kid most of the time, and why mom works. Um, but again, it's a it's a season, you know, while they're in seminary for three or four years, preparing for their their long term, um, you know, long term you know, ministry or whatever. It, there are seasons where it practically makes sense to do one thing, and then circumstances may change, and then it makes practical sense to change 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 course, right? I guess the thing that really just stands out to me and that I want to impress upon everyone is to make sure that that we're not just making practical decisions. We want to make sure that the pragmatics or the logistics of our lives don't win out. Um, it's important to make sure that that the glory of God, the fulfillment of biblical mandates, and the development of our children are all higher priorities than logistics. If if some, if there is one decision that is logistically harder, but it gives God more glory, well then we have to make that decision. We have to embrace the more logistically difficult choice if that choice brings us more glory to God. I'm not saying we ignore practical wisdom. We, we don't ignore the logistics, but the logistics should not be more important than bringing glory to God, fulfilling the expectations that he has set on us, and making sure that our children are set up for the best possible development so that they can grow up to be people who love God and seek to glorify God. If you've never considered staying home, I want to challenge you to prayerfully and seriously consider it. And if and if you are someone that definitely is going to be staying home, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons, to glorify God, to fulfill the biblical mandates, that you take very seriously the development of your children and the, and the, and the expectations upon you in motherhood, making sure that we're doing it for the glory of God, not just because I'm supposed to do it. Let me close by saying this. I want to make clear, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not demanding you to do something. I believe the Bible leaves the choice up to you and your home, whether you're going to stay home or not. Um, I just want to always push back on the idea that staying home is not a commendable thing, which is an idea that our culture, I think, is is promoting. I believe staying at home with your children is a commendable thing and, and could be extremely valuable. And I believe that all mothers, whether you work or not, need to be focused on raising children and devoting themselves to training children up. That That is your primary responsibility as a, as a wife and mother, whether you work or not. Whatever you choose to do, Every woman must maintain her home as a high priority. That is a biblical mandate. That is an expectation set forth by God. Your primary sphere of influence is your home and your family. And you should make sure that we take that very seriously. And we don't, that we don't neglect that because of the cultural expectations around us or because of a desire to accomplish something outside of our homes. Accomplishing outside of our homes can be extremely valuable and even can be God glorifying, but it should never be more important or a higher priority than making a good home. I believe that's the biblical mandate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope it was helpful and insightful. I know that undoubtedly there are probably some people listening to this that are offended by things I said. Um, if you'd like to dialogue with me, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email or a tweet at me. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, or if I said anything that you want me to bring clarity to, maybe in a future episode of the podcast, I'd also love to hear from you. Shoot me an email or tweet at me. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com where you can find me on Twitter 
at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Hey, to ensure that you never miss an episode of the podcast, make sure you are subscribed in Apple in your Apple Podcast Player or in any other podcast player out there that'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device as soon as they go live. Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.